Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lights Out, a foreign horror film podcast. I'm KJ, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a new foreign horror film that got released in 2021, just a few weeks ago, and that's the Swedish film Red Dot. Red Dot got released on Netflix, I believe on February 11th, and I'm actually glad I ended up checking this out because I had when I first heard about this film, I put it on my queue. I was pretty excited for, you know, a new Swedish horror film, thriller, and I, to be honest, I actually really loved like the Scandinavian horror, you know, films and books. I read a lot of uh, Nordic noir books, so when I heard about this film, I put it right on, you know, my queue or to my watch list, and I thought about, you know, talking about it on the podcast, you know, and when it got released, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I didn't read any reviews, but I just looked at, you know, like the ratings and I saw that it had really middle of the road ratings. So I kind of just unfortunately put it a little bit to the side and kind of forgot about it for a few weeks. And just this past week, you know, I was thinking of what film to watch next. And I really want to get into, you know, I want to do both, you know, some older horror films, some foreign older films. And then I also do want to, as new releases come out, I want to review them just, you know, to give them some buzz, you know, give them some, you know, talk about them for people to see. And I was thinking about it, you know, I was looking at films and I said, you know, I about this film. <laughs> and, you know, I had, like I said, I had on my Netflix queue watch list and I almost took it off at one point, but I'm actually really glad I checked it out because after watching it, I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't, I knew a little bit what it was about. I didn't read any reviews, but this is a lot lot darker a more dark bleak film than i thought it was going to be and you know at the end i was actually surprised that i ended up really really enjoying this film and i was looking i was reading reviews after i watched it and i'm kind of like i don't really get it a lot of the negative reviews but that's okay but i actually really really enjoyed this film i thought it was really dark and bleak and you know kind of had a really good twist as well that we'll get into that kind of mainly want to talk about but I was just really, really surprised with this film. You know, it's I, there's some quibbles with it. You know, it's not perfect by any means, but I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching it. I was definitely invested. Um, I thought the acting, everything was really good, you know, well done. I thought it was film, you know, shot well. You know, of course, you know, films that are set in the Nordic countries, you know, they have an advantage with, you know, beautiful landscape and scenery and, you know, mountains and the everything it's really pretty and so they always have an advantage with that so I was definitely looking forward to seeing that they definitely take advantage of it you know this film is shot in northern Sweden and it's you know snowy uh, mountain wilderness <laughs> setting and really well done northern lights you know you get all that and it's really really well done and I'll definitely say it's you know a pro for this movie but I really like I said I can't get over how dark and bleak it was and I didn't think it was flashy by any means, which I appreciate. It was very just kind of like a straightforward thriller, cat and mouse a little bit movie and shot, you know, realistic. You know, I just felt like, you know, this could happen in real life and kind of scary in that way, especially out, you know, in, like I said, in the wilderness when you're kind of by yourself and you're just, you know, trying to survive. And I don't know, I was really kind of not I wouldn't say blown away with this movie but I definitely really enjoyed it <laughs> and it's definitely gonna you know be at the top of my you know right now you know top of my list for films I've watched this year you know hopefully it'll stay there we'll see but 
I definitely, definitely recommend it for people. You know, if you're ch- listening to this podcast and you haven't watched the movie and you're thinking about it, I would definitely say it's worth your time. It's less than 90 minutes. I believe it's like 86 minutes. Um, and, you know, it's a quick <laughs> horror thriller film. I want to say it's more of a thriller than a horror film. But there's some horror elements to it, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so let's get into the film. I don't want to go beat by beat, but I really want to talk about, you know, the ending. There's a really crazy twist at the end of this movie that I actually did not see coming. And, you know, I'm someone, I try to stay ignorant throughout the film. You know, I don't try to guess what's going on. Sometimes, you know, you can't help it, but your mind's going to wonder, you know, thinking where it's going to go. You can't help that. But I actually did not did not see this twist coming at the end. I kind of knew, maybe guess was guessing a little bit where it was going, but... I really didn't know and by the end I was really like the last 50 20 to 15 minutes I was really like oh wow I just did not expect that but so the film is really centered around this couple uh David and Nadja I believe is how you say her name and they're about a year I think they say a year and a half into their marriage and it's you know a little bit rocky right now <laughs> they're having a little bit of marital issues and you find out in the beginning of the film that our lead, his David's wife, Nadja, she's pregnant. She doesn't tell him about it. She tells her neighbor, Thomas, you know, while she's washing clothes one day in their apartment building. And you find out she's pregnant, but you could tell she's feeling uncomfortable about it, doesn't know if they deserve to be parents, if they should be parents. And, you know, right off the bat, I think the film does a really good job of just kind of misleading you and mis- just some good misdirection of kind of rule the reasoning behind a lot of the stuff, you know, the reasoning behind their marital issues. Cause you, they show David in the beginning, he's playing, <laughs> I think he's playing like battlefield <laughs> and he's just like your typical lazy husband, you know, sitting there playing video games while she's trying to fix the washing machine. And she's complaining that he's not doing enough. And he says, you know, I work all the time <laughs> and I need a break. So you kind of think that's where their issues are from. I think the film does a really good job of, making you believe that's where you know their issues stem from but you find out later in the film no they've got a lot of issues going on but like i said and she's i believe she's just a student right now she mentions a couple times she wants to become a doctor she doesn't want to just be a housewife she wants to work so i believe she's just maybe getting into medical school you know i just know more from the states how you go to you know you get your undergrad then you go to med school for four years and you go to residency I believe she's just kind of getting into med school, but it doesn't, it's not a big, you know, plot point. You just kind of know that she's interested in getting into the medical field. But like I said, so they're having some issues and our Lee David, he recommends taking a a hiking, uh, ski hike trip to Bear Valley in Northern Sweden. I believe they live in Stockholm and, you know, just to have a weekend away together with their dog, Boris, and she agrees. (laughs) And, so they, you know, as they're going up there, this is where the film, you know, starts getting into a little bit of the issues. They stop to get some gas and you meet these brothers who, uh, I don't want to say, they're almost like your typical, <laughs> if you're watching an American film, your tough Southern, I don't want to say hillbilly guys, but redneck guys, <laughs> and but the Swedish version of that, where, you know, they're hunters and they got this big truck and there's a big... Um, what do they say a reindeer in the back and they end up just 
having an awkward encounter with David and Naja. They, you know, like I said, they're getting gas and they come out and they're just looking at them weird. They're playing with Boris the dog, just being a little off, which I think, you know, just sets the tone for these guys, you know, seem a little off, seem a little weird. David, <laughs> like while he's leaving, he ends up just scratching, you know, hitting their car because he's kind of parked in the middle. You know, that happens when you're at a gas station. There's a car in front of you, a car behind you, and you got to just kind of wiggle your way out. But he basically just hits their car. And instead of stopping, he just kind of looks out the window. It's like, oh, it's fine. They won't notice it's a big car. And then they just drive off. And right off the bat, you're kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, that wasn't probably the best thing to do. I've actually been in that situation on the opposite end. So I could see being annoyed because one time I was at the gym, just a quick side note, <laughs> and this lady hit my car she was parking i don't know how she just missed her turn to park and she ended up swiping into my car but she almost i don't know if she was trying to get away with it but she didn't say anything she ended up i was in the gym working out and she came in and was just working out and a guy happened to catch it and he came into the gym all fired up and was like that lady just hit someone's car and he told the gym owner so then they, there wasn't that many people in the gym. And then while I was leaving, they were like, you know, is that your car? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, this lady hit it. And she, but, but it was really kind of awkward. So I almost don't know if she was. There was a scratch on it that needed to get fixed and a little dent. But I don't know if it wasn't for that guy, if she would have confessed or not. So I guess so, right? When this scene happened, I was kind of on the other, the two brothers' side of being annoyed. Like, come on, you know. I hate when people hit a car and don't say anything. That's annoying as hell. But... All right, moving along. So you go, they go to this, I guess they're in northern Sweden to like this ski lot, I guess ski lodge, cabin lodge type of place. And again, right off the bat, just things are awkward. They go into the bartender, the bartender uh, lady, her name's Mona. She just completely ignores them when Nadja comes up to the, you know, counter to order a drink or food. She just ignores them and just turns around and walks away. And you get, like I said, the misdirection, the hint that maybe they're racist because Nadja's black, you know, it's a mixed couple. And that's kind of where you're thinking this film's going. And the bartender gentleman comes out and, you know, he ends up talking to him and he says, you know, you know, if you guys get lost out there, I have a cabin, you know, where you can show them on the map where they can go, all that stuff to, if they need help. And you do see, you know, behind them, the two brothers are just kind of in the corner drinking. So it's kind of like your local pub bar place, I would say, for them. And you see, then nothing really happens, but you just see them drinking there. So, you know, again, you're still just thinking, okay, these guys are going to catch up to them, you know, and they're probably up to no good. And then when they're getting ready the next day, they're going to go on their actual hike. They have on the back of their car, it says dog on board. And then they scratch it out and it has a racial slur, racial slur on it. And I think it was translated as blackie on board in the movie. I don't, I'm not positive. I didn't write it down, but I think that's what it says. I don't know. Maybe if it said something else in Sweden, Swedish that didn't get translated, but basically you get the gist. It's a racial slur that they write on it, the two brothers. And actually you don't know if it's them, but you just assume it's them. You see their truck and wow. Naja doesn't do the smart thing. She basically goes up to their big truck with a screwdriver and just completely scratches it, which again, it's not smart. <laughs> and the two brothers see it. They hurry up and jump in their car and drive away. And she's, you know, like, that's what they get <laughs> for basically, you know, just being racist. 
and then right there and then you know i'm thinking this film I'm like man that that wasn't smart these brothers are obviously gonna you know start messing with them that's where i thought this film was going then they head out to their you know the woods or yeah the woods i guess technically the mountain to go they they do their ski hike and you get some good scenery you know them out in the open they set up a tent you know it's them and their dog and then that's when she tells them she tells david that she's pregnant and it's very fast because she tells him that she's pregnant he seems excited and then that's when the title of the movie red dot starts <laughs> and you see this scope red dot from like a gun just start pointing inside their tent at them and you know they're looking around they're kind of you know they get out of the tent they're you know who's there asking who's there all that stuff and you think someone's just messing with them and then their dog ends up running out and they end up you know they start getting shot at they leave and that's kind of like in the middle of the film i would say you know is them basically they end up leaving the tent and they i think they even end up spending the night kind of out in the woods but unfortunately their dog ends up getting killed which i kind of don't agree with in this film i kind of you know when it's a horror film there's not that many characters unfortunately usually an animal and if there's an animal in there they're gonna bite the dust and me i actually before i watched this film which was a reason i almost didn't watch this film because i have a hard time with animal cruelty and animal deaths in film i'm a big animal lover and I always look at that website, doesthedogdie.com, and knowing that there was a dog in this film, I you know, just wanted to see if there was anything gruesome I should be you know, aware of. And I saw that the dog, before the movie, I watched the movie, I didn't know that the dog was going to die. And I read that it was an, actually a graphic scene, so I, that kind of put me off in this film. I was like, oh, I don't, that was another reason why I just kind of almost didn't watch it. And I, you know, I love that website because it'll give you the time codes of when to skip forward, you know, but the dog dies off screen. You hear it whimpering and they almost go after it, but they don't, you know, it's dark. They can't see, but you hear the truck more. You don't hear it get shot. You hear the truck kind of, you hear the dog barking. You hear the truck, you know, driving and you, I think they basically just run it over. You don't know. It's just like a, you know, the dog whimpers off screen and, you know what happens but the worst part is when like the next day after they survive the cold and they look almost frozen they're shivering you know huddled up they go back to the tent to see you know if they to get their belongings and get out of there and this is where i would say unfortunately i don't i don't agree with this but there's a gruesome that shows the dog's decapitated head in the uh the tent and that was like whoa i knew that was coming and I actually didn't turn away. I was just, I kind of just was in the movie and it's fast. It happens quick, but it's almost unnecessary in my opinion, especially at the end when you find out what happened. But I guess it's another misdirection because you think it's these two brothers and because you think they're kind of just, you know, redneck kind of crazy northerners, <laughs> that's what they call them in Sweden, that they would do something this savage and cruel to taunt with them and uh, it really just rubbed me the wrong way but that's okay so just a heads up you know if you're watching this film if you haven't watched it yet i think it's around the 33 minute mark you and i didn't agree with david because he goes in first he comes out throwing up and Naja goes in and if i was in that situation i'd be like do not go in there you know i would 
just say the dog is in there dead do not go look at that but he's just very calm he's like don't go in there <laughs> and she just goes in and sees it i'm like come on bro you gotta stop her from seeing that that's horrific and but she goes in and then he has to end up going back in. you think the scene's done but he wants to look for more stuff and he ends up they just like really wanted to probably use the dog's decapitated head like the prosthetic that they made of it they really must want to use it because then he has to like move it to like look under you know some clothes to find to see if like their keys are there and it's just like i said i think it was just because they had that prop they just really wanted to use it to its full effect but basically their tent is wiped out nothing's in there <laughs> and this is where i would say the middle of the movie starts i would say the middle kind of slogs a little bit because I don't even remember exactly what happens, but there's still a little bit more chasing going on. You don't ever see, you just see the red dot, gunshots, um, and they, David ends up getting injured multiple times. I believe at one point he even like falls through kind of in the lake, you know, it's frozen over, he falls in and she has to save him. And it's just kind of your typical survivalist, you know, out in nature scenes but i think they probably could have cut you know maybe tightened that up a little bit you know it just starts to drag a tad bit in the middle and then they end up so we'll fast forward just a little bit but david and Naja, they end up going to kind of like a rescue cabin small cabin and they end up calling for you know like i guess help police i don't even know park ranger and the next day who shows up is one of the brothers he's on you know a four-wheeler and he's wearing like his work gear and you know he pulls out his gun and this is again where it does good misdirection because you don't know if he's there to help or if he's there to you know if he knows this is them and he's gonna just keep messing with them but basically they sneak behind and there's a good shot where she has like a flare gun and she ends up shooting him right in the middle of the chest he catches on fire and then they just take off again <laughs> and they end up running into the other brother at one point where again you don't know what he he just kind of shows up behind Naja while they're like you know running or you know in, you know on the ground and he's like do you do we need help and then david comes up with a rock and hits him in the head and kills him you presume he's dead and again you don't know like are these two brothers were they there to help them are they that's when i started thinking in the film i was like i i don't think the brothers are the ones doing this because they just seemed they didn't seem to be there to cause any harm but i think the director does a good job you still don't know exactly because it happens fast they just react when they see them, which is understandable. They think these two guys are after them. But so, yeah, they basically believe both brothers are dead. And then they go, they end up finding their way. Now we're getting into the end of the film where I would say it starts picking up is when they go to the bartender's house. The guy that they talked to in the when they first arrive and he said, you know, come to, if you need help, come to my cabin. Or I believe it's maybe just his house. But they show up there and he's acting really odd where... He's, you know, like, it'll be over soon. I'll get the help. But they're just, you know, call the help. Call the police. We need help. But he's still just, be, you know, you think he might be helping him, but he also might not be. He's just acting very odd. And I thought it was pretty good acting where he just seems, con you know, not confused, but just seems uh, to be bothered by it. And he's like, it'll be over soon, all this stuff. And then they go into a side room. And that's when, like, the big twist happens and... They're looking at this wall. David's looking at it first, mouth wide open, and then Naja looks at it, and they're in complete shock. And they see 
there's a bunch of pictures of them. So this whole wall is dedicated to them. It's pictures of them from throughout the year. You know, they're at like a restaurant, they're at their house. And even me, me thinking, I'm like, okay, was <laughs> a stalker? Like what? It's starting to, you know, you're starting to think. And a little bit throughout the film, David, while he's, you know, injured and he starts having visions of this kid. And I actually thought it was going the 127 route of him envisioning his future kid growing up. But you don't know. It's really quick, but he's also losing blood. He's also sick. So you don't know what the visions are. And he sees a picture of the kid there. And then in walks in. The big twist is it's their neighbor, Thomas, that walks in with a gun. And I'm going to be honest. I actually didn't know at first who the guy was. I didn't. They do such a good job of, you know, Thomas in the beginning of the film when he talks to Naja while they're doing laundry. You just think he's a throwaway, quick character, just there to, you know, forward the plot of us finding out she's pregnant. And he does talk to her where he says, you know, kids are a blessing, but he seems a little upset when he talks about it. But it totally washed over me. I did not remember. I remember the scene, but I did not remember the character or his face. But it's obviously someone they know because they're in shock and they're like, Thomas? And that's when the movie, you know, kind of flashes back and you find out everything that happened. And, you know, this is the big twist of the film where about over after they ended up getting engaged, which you saw in the beginning of the movie, they're driving David and Naja and they're saying, you know, the best times are ahead. <laughs> and Naja wants to, you know, fool around in the car, you know, and as she's like un unbuckling his belt you know, he's driving on like a long country road, looks up, hits a kid in like a yellow jacket. The kid flies over the car and it happens fast. It's shock. And she runs out to check on him. She says he's dead. And David, just complete shock, just drives. He's like, let's just go. Let's drive. Let's go. And I think the film does a good job because it kind of covers all its tracks because the re then you find out what happened. The kid it's Thomas's son, and they were playing with a drone, you know, kind of at their cabin, you know, in the middle of the woods, and Thomas was flying the drone, and the young kid was chasing it, and while he was chasing it, he didn't realize he just kind of ran out into the middle of the road and was looking up at it, and that's when David hits the kid, and it's horrible because Thomas sees all of this happen, you know, you know, with the camera on the drone, and it's, like I said, very bleak and dark and played very straight where you just really, you know, buy into this film at this point and this happening. And Thomas runs out and then he looks at the drum. And when the police ask him if he's had, you know, any evidence or, you know, does he know anything of the car that hit the kid because the car just drove away, they can't find him. He ends up just keeping it to himself where he says he doesn't know anything and he's basically going to take matters into his own, own hands. But he looks, you know, at the drone, he zooms in on the car and he finds the license plate number, you know, does quick search, finds out it's David and he basically stalks them for a year. You know, that's where you get all the pictures that you see that are on the wall. He, you know, he follows them and then he ends up even moving into the apartment, I think across across from them so he can spy on them and that could be a little bit I don't know I mean someone in grief I could see someone going that far but you know people might have complained about that but he ends up stalking them and getting to know them 
And then he's the one that even suggests to David, he finds out that she's pregnant. He even suggests to David, oh, I want a trip to Bear Valley. You guys take it, you know, a couple weekend getaway. So he sets up this whole <laughs> trip and this is all planned out. And I, I, I totally bought it. And I just was like, oh, wow, I did not see that coming. And the movie just gets really dark. And he really is kind of a... I don't want, I, you know, he's grieving, obviously. It's a horrible, horrible, tragic event that happened. But instead of just killing them, he decides to kind of torture them a little bit where he knocks out Naja, ties her to a chair. And when she wakes up, David's standing there with a drill. And he basically says, you know, he's sitting there with his gun and he tells David to, you know, drill into her belly to kill the baby. You know, I want you guys to suffer pretty much. And if you don't do it, I will just shoot her on the spot. And this is where I would say a complaint, one of my complaints for the film, because the film opens with a scene of David kind of outside on the ground, like kneeling, saying, you know, it wasn't her fault. And then it cuts to her running in the woods. And I hate when horror films do that, because you know that we're going to get to this point. You're going to we're going to get to this scene at some point and anything that happens before that really you know, you're just, you're not really too nervous or scared because, you know, <laughs> they're going to be okay to get to the scene. So when she's, you know, the film, you know, gets really dramatic and, you know, you think he, you know, he starts the drill and it's, you know, he's getting close to her stomach. You think he's going to do it. But the entire time back in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm still like, I'm remembering the scene from the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, you know, he's gonna, <laughs> obviously he's not going to do this because, we're going to cut forward to, you know, the beginning of the film. So I hate when horror films do it. That's one of my complaints for this movie. And I'll probably say it again a little bit later when I get to just my cons. But I just, I don't like when horror films do that because it just, if I didn't know that scene, I would have, I would not have known what was going on in here. I would have really thought maybe David would have done this horrible act. But the brother ends up coming in. The, one of the bros that you thought they shot with the flare gun, he's actually alive and he comes in to like just see what's going on. And Thomas shoots him in like the chest. And as he, you know, is falling down, he ends up shooting his gun at the bartender who walks in. And I don't think I said this, but the bartender who owns the house, it's his brother-in-law who is Thomas. Thomas is his brother-in-law and his sister who's thomas's wife was the bartender mona from the beginning of the movie so and he even says that you know the bartender says this is for my family you know but even though he's uncomfortable doing all this but he gets shot in the neck and he's dead and it's kind of just then a quick scuffle and david you know unties Naja. they end up getting outside and they're making a break for it and basically he gets shot in the leg as well david's just all kind of has all kind of injuries and he's just like i can't go on i can't go on just it's okay go on without me to nausea and you kind of think you know she says goodbye and you think she's just going to leave him there to either bleed out or i don't know maybe come back for help but as she's running away she runs up again to the guy that she hit that he hit earlier with the rock the other brother and she grabs his gun and she decides to go back and save david and again this is pretty much getting really towards the end and this is where it gets really dark i would say and she comes up to the scene where david's laying there on the ground thomas comes out with his gun and then nausea shows up with a gun and she says that she's not fleeing anymore she's not running they'll go to the police but this ends here 
and Thomas just tells her, you should have looked behind you. And then she gets shot point blank in the head from Mona, his wife. She's, this is, <laughs> this is actually a goof on the movie's part because Thomas tells Nadja, you should have looked behind you, but Mona's actually behind him. So he should have said, you sh I don't even know what he should have said, but it's kind of a goof on the movie's part because she's basically staring at Mona. I mean, Mona's a little bit behind Thomas, but she wasn't behind <laughs> Nausea. So him saying that, I thought of that right when I saw the movie and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> After, but no big deal. But the end, yeah, she shoots him. She shoots Nausea point blank in the head. She falls on the ground dead. And I was, this is where my mouth was actually, my jaw was on the ground. I did not see that coming. And they walk up to David. He thinks she's going to shoot him. And Thomas says, no, now he needs to suffer like I did. Now he'll know the pain. And David's crying. And he says, you know, don't, you know, kill me. He's begging him to kill him. And that's, you know, towards the end of the, the space of the end of the movie. And he's like, no, you're going to survive and you're going to suffer like I do, like I did. Your life's ruined. And that's a really bleak ending. That's how the film ends. It ends with, Thomas and his wife walking away, letting David survive, and his wife, Nadja, laying there dead next to him. And that's a very bleak ending to this film. I did not expect that. So that is definitely, like I said, a pro for this movie is it's bleak. If you really want a bleak movie, a dark horror film, thriller, I would say this definitely fits the bill. <laughs> and I, I said, I really liked this movie because I just, I didn't see the twist coming. And I feel like the director or the writer really covered their tracks and they did a lot of good misdirection with this film. What I really liked about this movie because this almost feels like your typical American, you've seen these done as American films where, you know, a couple's out in the wilderness and they end up getting chased. My mind's drawing a blank right now on examples. You can maybe even go the wrong turn route, but you've seen this done before, but I liked how it was like the Swedish version of that because, you know, in the U.S., usually the couple goes to the South, you know, where like, you know, Southern, you know, redneck hillbilly guys are chasing after them. And it's usually hot and sweaty. But in this movie, they go to the North instead of the South, where, like I said, in America, it's usually the South. But in Sweden, it's like the they go to the North and it's snowy and cold. And they even say at one point when, you know, they're, they run into the brothers who the entire time you think are chasing after them. He even says, you know, this is the North. And you would see that in the American version where they would be like, oh, these are just how Southerners are. And nothing against the <laughs> Southern USA, but just that's just what you see in movies here. But I kind of liked that. It's just like it was more of like the Swedish version, you know, of the survivalists, you know, getting chased out in the open film. And I thought, like I said, it covered his tracks because when they first arrive at, you know, the bar uh, lodge type place and Mona's there and they walk up to her, you think that she's just she doesn't talk to them because she's racist and she's uh, just doesn't want to talk to nausea. But that's actually not the case. You know, that was her son that they killed and ran away from. And she just disgusted and she can't even look at them. And I kind of, I just really appreciate that after, you know, thinking about the movie at the end, I was like, you know, it really kind of, there was really like no loose ends in this film because it kind of all makes sense. <laughs> and I really liked the misdirection of 
you know, you thinking it's the brothers the entire time, but really just it was this stalker, you know, guy that was out for revenge, and I thought it was really well done. I'm trying to think if there's any other really pros. Like I said, I think it's just it's done straightforward. It's um, doesn't it's not a flashy film. You know, it's not a ton of like edits or cuts. You know, it's just very realistic and you're just kind of seeing what's going on i do think you know let's get into some cons the movie like i said in the middle does drag just a tad with you know after you know boris unfortunately dies and you know they're kind of still just like running around in the open i feel like you know you got to have those scenes but i just feel like they could have tightened it up just a tad bit because i really liked the ending and i thought the ending was really well done and I'm not saying I wish I would have got there faster, but I just think they could have cut, you know, they could have tightened up the middle just a little bit. But the runtime is already less than a hundred, you know, less than 90 minutes. So I could see where they wanted to have some stuff to give it that feature length film. But I'm just curious, you know, with movies now, you don't, it doesn't have to, you know, be that hour and 30 minutes. It can be an hour and 15 minutes. They can tighten it up a little bit more, you know, keep it tight. But that's okay don't really have any other negatives to this film i just i was looking at reviews after the movie and i don't have the numbers on me but i think on letterbox you know it has like an average of 2.5 out of 5 and i was really just kind of surprised i was like oh you know i thought i just thought this film was way better than that um on imdb it's the same i think it has like a 5.5 out of 10 um rotten tomatoes it's above 60 percent, so it is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which which is good, I appreciate. So when people look, because it happens where people look at reviews before watching the movie, at least if they see that the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, you know, is positive, they'll check out this film. But yeah, looking at reviews on Letterbox, which is what I use, I was just really surprised. You know, a lot of people were really down on this film, and I think it just comes with, you know, people. Everyone's a film critic now, and you know, even me doing this podcast, I'm, you know you know supporting you know people with their opinions but i just feel like today's world everyone's just so negative and quick to pick apart a movie where you can pick apart any movie and to be honest you know movies are just to entertain you and i think you know red dot is a film that entertained me (laughs) you know there is there's times in the film you know where you can be like man why didn't they you know there was a snowmobile at one part they could have jumped on maybe to go or they could have grabbed a gun earlier but that's just you can't you know sit and nitpick with movies just enjoy it it's fine (laughs) that's sorry just a quick ramble just because i don't think the film deserves you know the negative reviews just interesting i think back when i was younger like in middle school and even high school before really twitter and letterbox and people podcasts you know you just heard from word of mouth films and it was always positive i feel like you always heard people like oh this movie's good you know i guess social media and stuff people are just you could hear more of the negative and people complaining about films and people just really enjoy hating on films, I feel like. But more back in the day when it was word of mouth, you know, people just seem to always be more positive if they wanted to talk about a film. And I just feel like thinking of this film, if it came about back, you know, like I said, back when I was in middle school, high school, I just feel like people are like, oh man, this movie's pretty dark and bleak. You know, you should check it out. Where you don't hear really any buzz of that film, you know, this film. And I feel like people should check it out. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it out after me basically spoiling everything, please do. <laughs> but another thing too, the title, I think, Red Dot, probably isn't the best for this movie. I don't really know what else they could have done. But I, mean, I actually thought the whole film was going to be just this couple out in the wilderness, a Red Dot shows, and then, you know, them the entire time, you know, trying to find it. But it really... 
you know, that's kind of a small part in this film. It just, you know, it sets up, you know, while they're out there, you know, the red dot, but it's not like the whole film's like the red dot chasing them. So, but, oh, well, <laughs> this is a Netflix uh, produced movie. So check it out on Netflix. I think it's worth the watch, like I've said multiple times. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Please check out Red Dot. If you enjoyed it, you know, give it a positive review so more people can check it out. Tell others to check it out. I think it's worth the watch. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I appreciate the listen as always. Please follow the the podcast on Twitter at Lights Horror Pod. You know, give the podcast a follow. Um, it's obviously me behind the scenes, but <laughs> follow the podcast. You know, it's where I give updates on what I'm watching and what I'm going to be reviewing. Follow the podcast there. If you can, give a rating to this. Um, also, trying to think, follow my letterbox, my personal letterbox, KJ Steiner. Um, that's where I post all my movies, what I'm watching there, give reviews and a rating. And I definitely, with this film, I've been debating between, originally I was like, you know, three, three and a half, maybe four. I was kind of all over the place with my rating, but I think I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I don't, I think it's better than a three. I don't know if it's necessarily a four, but a three and a half, it's, it's a solid film. So definitely, definitely check it out. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, thanks for the listen and I will check you guys out next time. Bye-bye.